0: People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Plan
1: planet. Watch anime shits <laughs> with inflatable breasts. You might be a draggy.
2: Sit back and watch as the Uber Geek goes and kicks it up but notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the
3: definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd
4: overdrive,
5: I would always survive. Fanboy, baby. Ooh, listen up, fanboys, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast from
6: Southwest, kind of. What did you say? CineQuest, reminder. Of, Dar- Dar- okay.
0: This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, yeah. and we are indeed podcasting uh, in the midst of CineQuest. We are at Cafe Stritch, which is an awesome place. We should uh, make First this street. an occasional, occasional uh, home of the podcast. I'll bet they'd be up, up for it. Yeah. Um, really cool place, and it's the soft opening this week to join in with CineQuest, so... Rick and I have been here almost all day. Yeah. Um, it's Friday afternoon S- and Friday night. Both so
7: hammered. No.
0: Could be. The root beer vodka tastes like root beer. <laughs> <does>. The secret <laughs> is root beer. And, <laughs> and so, what? And whipped yes, cream. And whipped cream. So uh, we are here. Uh, this was actually the world premiere of Spark. So for me, personally, an exciting night. But let me say... Uh, of course. This is Derek McCaw. To my right, my uh, feminist announcer. I
4: am Costa.
0: And to my left, my moral compass and podcast producer. Rick Brett Snyder. That's Evil Rick Brett Snyder. Evil Rick Brett Snyder. I'm going to shave this thing off. You go?
4: <laughs> then <laughs> we'll
0: know don't. who you are again. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we are here on uh, Friday, March 1st, and uh, we have a great show tonight because what we spent the afternoon doing, besides drinking, was interviewing <laughs> the cast.
8: You just make it sound like Hemingway.
0: Hey. After the bullfight. That is a worthy, (laughs) worthy comparison. And then we all laughed, and I punched Nate in the nose. There you go. So, uh, it's coming. Anyway, uh, yeah, we we interviewed cast and crew of Sparks. Uh, So, some names you'll know, and some names you're going to know, because these are people on the way up. And so, really exciting afternoon for us. But before we talk about Sparks... There is one, we did decide here for episode 299 that there is one burning, burning issue in comics we have to talk about. I'm burned out
8: on this issue.
0: Well, then why'd you bring it up? No, I'm, I'm burning, but I. Okay, yeah. uh, which is the death. Spoilers, the death of Damian Wayne. If you, Robin, haven't,
8: if you haven't watched the news
0: in Batman Incorporated, number, number eight. Or, read, or read on fanboyplanet.com my letter to DC. Um, you know, here, I'm torn. I'm going to say this. I tried to do this spoiler-free in the, aside from the big spoiler of what happens to Damien, um, is despite the fact that I'm really angry about it, uh-huh. it is a great comic book. It was a great story up until
8: that moment. You're talking about the run of the comic, not that issue. I
0: enjoyed Batman Incorporated number eight. Um, it did exactly what number seven, like, like at the end of number seven, Damien throws on the armor, that's where Alfred gets this, I'll tell him you overpowered yeah. me, sir, and Damien goes out to kick ass. And I believe
8: the first part where he's kicking ass, that was perfect. That was Fine. great. The middle ground, I thought, was uneven
0: and badly paced. But, but I loved the, because again, in light of, Nate had me listen to Bat, Fat Man on Batman, Kevin Smith interviewing Grant Morrison, and Grant Morrison said... What he really, really wished. So I sound like him. Is that we gotten to write like Dick Grayson as Batman for a bit longer? And Damien and Dick
3: are a great combination.
0: And uh Very and, good Thank Very you. Good. That's I, mean, I yeah. And uh so it's like he was here. I have channeled my God. Uh and uh and so I mean that's what it really reminded me of like you have that like it was almost like the issue was, while perhaps badly paced, an attempt to go through the entire career of Batman again in a microcosm yeah. for Damien. No, I- so you have the, the the smoke cloud with the sound effects from the 60s Batman TV show and, and Damien reassuring Dick that, that we were the best combo no matter what anybody says. And I thought, and Damien, even though he loves his father, would believe that. But I am heartbroken as a decision and it's really weird. One, hate to go against Grant Morrison because I think he is my favorite writer, hands down. But, on the other hand, you and I have been talking about this long before we had any inkling that it's going to happen. Yep. Damien is the best character, not out of the New 52, because he was created beforehand, right. but he is the best hope DC had at getting new kid readers in. Not when he started, when he was psychopathic, no. But that Batman it's, and Robin annual... I, to be it's, fair. Let's put fair, that in there, yeah. I, but that Batman and Robin annual, and I'll give... Peter J. Tomasi, the writer of Batman and Robin, as much credit as Grant Morrison, because Grant Morrison created Damien in all for all intents and purposes, but Peter J. Tomasi made Damien the character that could have that could bring new readers in. Yes. This is a kid's wish fulfillment. And as Jeff Johns has often said, be realistic about it. It was a realistic wish fulfillment. This is a kid struggling to please both of his parents, not knowing how. I had to choose one. Grant Morrison said, it's about the divorce. Well, it is. And he chose his dad. And he's trying to please his dad. And there's that thing of trying to please your father while still being yourself. And being true to yourself. And then Peter J. Tomasi gave Damien permission to be a kid. And so that annual, when he's running around in that bat costume, yep. wearing dad's shoes, basically, is like... Like I said, my son or stole have that You have a great scene where he puts the shoes up next to each other oh. to see
8: how yeah. big is his shoe compared to his father. Now you're gonna
0: make me cry yeah. because it's like I cared about that character. You made me care, and I know that's supposed to make the death mean something. So I'm gonna take it,
8: take the 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 weepiness back a little bit. I feel really manipulated by these storylines because the last couple of months it has gotten much. The relationship between father and son it's has so been, much good, has so much better. It just gotten so much, so much hotter. And I would take this issue, Batman Incorporated eight, eight, yeah, number eight, and the most recent issue of uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws because they both show the Bat families in after, even after the Joker's business yeah. with death in the family, death of the family, yeah. Um, they show the family of it, and they show it in this kind of perfection as as they are together. And I really feel like they did this to make the death of Damien that
0: much more painful to me. And it is painful to me, but I, I realized something, and I don't know that Grant Morrison thought this through, and I put this in my piece on the web, is that like when I talk about Batman to my son, because, I, you know... One of the things when when and you have a son and someday maybe Nate will um, maybe if the fates are against He's us. He's lucky. Yeah, uh, if you're if you're lucky, that's true. You you better deserve it. Is when you're trying to teach, especially with the way movies are and TV are, when you're trying to teach um, that empathy and morality of a hero and say you know you don't kill. Batman doesn't kill and try to explain, despite the fact that Batman's origin is from. Huge tragedy. Now I am gonna I am gonna get a little choked up here as I because my son buys this is and Brave and the Bulb is about this the cartoon series that Batman became Batman to make sure that what happened to him never happens to another child. And I realized that with the death of Damien for the sake of cheap shot manipulation in the name of short-term good storytelling, I'll be fair. Batman failed twice. This is so rude. I have a drink now. That's no, all right. I'm no, going to get free stuff later. Okay. Batman failed twice. Not just. Batman failed to save Epically a child. Epically failed twice. Epically yes. failed to save a child twice. Which means that for the sake of short-term manipulation and sales boost, you actually, and I didn't really click into it until today, betrayed what the character is truly about. This should, be, this should not be a moment that Batman comes back this destroys Batman. Should. 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 Yeah. And I'd say, unless you immediately go, oh, duh, which I'm hoping, I honestly am. Damien's grandfather is rasa ghoul has the Lazarus pit. Mm-hmm. Damien can easily be revived. I pray wow. I shouldn't I shouldn't take that in, in, in blasphemy. I hope that they go to it fast, and please don't manipulate me with it. Just do it, because it's the logical explanation, the logical solution.
4: I, but yeah, if agree. it doesn't
0: happen... Batman should not come back. He has utterly failed in his mission. Look, getting a little geeky now, though, because
8: Lazarus a a has little now. Has, the Lazarus pit has an effect on the people that brings back. They come back mad. Yes. And Damien was already a fairly imbalanced person as far as his motivation and his revenge. And, and he is a murderer. We
0: but I will, I'm going to argue back. Where Tomasi and Morrison had both moved into was... Batman learned to forgive him, and in that forgiveness, Damien learned to make the choice. He's a murderer, yes, but why? Pre- because he was raised to be that, and this is the redemption story of Damien. He completely repudiated that that's what he was meant to be.
8: My fear is that he goes into the pit, comes out mad, and needs another redemption story because he gets he's broken again somehow by the pit, and so Batman has to go after him, or he, the pit, he's now in the thrall of Talia.
0: Well, I'm gonna say this, we do the Lazarus pit, it's happened enough that people do realize that the madness passes. Yes. And so all it is is, like, wrap him in a bunch of cushions. <laughs> and, and wrap him play, in a towel. Let's play Temple Grandin on him. Give him the Put Alfred. him in a little squeezing machine. Right. Hold on to him until the madness passes. I'm fine. He's not a normal person, too. He's a clone.
8: And, but, but that's is true I'm just saying I think it's open for a
0: lot of disturbing things to happen which even with true, that which is true but I don't which want the you because to the pay. thing is again this is the character that kids identify with and it followed up exactly and again wrote it this way that we were talking about on the podcast just a couple of episodes ago, uh, episodes ago with Troy Benson uh-huh. when we were kids we didn't want to read the though I picked up a couple of Spidey super stories because it was Spidey I'm like uh, I'm being patronized yeah, yeah. um they but, were one
8: step above the, the Hostess Fruit Pie commercial. Right. They
0: were good, to, I wanted to read... They're in continuity, thank you, Dan Slott. <laughs> but they are, but I didn't want to read those. I wanted to read Spider-Man. I'd read Marvel Tales because at least it was reprints yes. of the original. Oh, I love Marvel Tales. But mm-hmm. it, but that's what I'm saying. is He's right. It was appropriate for all ages without talking down to children. And then Damien had become that character that was appropriate for all ages. Adults love Damien. And the thing is, I could—I didn't mind that my 8-year-old wanted to get that annual. Totally, and
7: totally get it. Totally agree.
0: I mean, and
7: if, they're, if Grant Morrison is doing this story right, in issue 9, Bruce will either start screaming for Clark to come, save him, or he will get on his little JLA communicator, and the Flash will run in, grab Damien, run to the Lazarus pit, throw him in, story's over continue your lives everyone else. I don't think you can I don't
8: this is such a personal story I don't think it involves any other no, superheroes. It has to involve think, other superheroes I think, I think Batman has to somehow bundle it takes
7: up. too long to go all the way out there just have Superman do it in two seconds or the Flash do it in one second okay
0: Maybe Superman can turn the world backwards so or it he doesn't can just happen. just do that. It happened no, I thought moment. about that for a second. <laughs> no, I... Uh,
8: you My know, stomach turned over. No,
0: you know. Anyway, let's move on. Or, or you could guess. kiss Lois Lane and make everyone forget everything. You're going to make me cry again, so let's stop that. And let's go on to... Although Nate was not here for them. We had several interviews, so... We did. Um, First of all... Uh, and again, apologies for. I mean,
8: it's a little louder now than it was when we did these recordings. But yeah, this is uh, this is a happening place, and this was the opportunity we had to get the individuals in front of the microphones. So. Yeah,
0: and uh, I, just in case as you're editing, if I accidentally missed a name, I want to leave room so that you can <laughs> plug it in. But I believe we begin with uh, the lovely Marina Squerciati, who and plays. Let's go to her John. right now. Yeah, absolutely
8: minor correction we are going to go first to david subalhoff and we'll follow that directly with marina
0: hey we are here with david subalhoff and we are so grateful to have you because we're you're going to be going into our special Why is it
8: so
3: damn noisy
0: because we are at cinequest and the vip lounge, no we're not the vip lounge is upstairs it directly, directly,
3: directly underneath
0: i can
6: feel the, the vip can you feel seeping it? down can from you the feel ceiling
0: it? that's that, yes well oh, they have a plumbing problem uh, no, we are at Café Stritch, which is this is the soft opening, actually. So for those of you who are in San Jose, this is like, I guess, next in the next two weeks, then Café Stretch is going to be a very happening place. But for right now, it is the home of Cinequest, and that's it, where it's happening. Is
6: Elaine Stretch showing up? No, no,
0: apparently. So you could sing a few numbers. It this this would be fun. This is weird. I actually looked up what this is. This is a saxophone yeah. with a downturned bell. Ah, it's called that's what's rich. Oh,
6: wow! I never do that. I had no, I did not either. <laughs> I <don't
0: know> why. <laughs> so it's kind of odd. Uh, so this is going into our three hundredth episode of Fan- the Fanboy Planet podcast, and we're uh-huh. all here to celebrate. Sparks, uh, David Sobolov, and I. Uh, David did not know this, but we are co-starring in a movie together. Only he's on for a lot more seconds than I am.
8: We might get these into
0: the two ninety-nine. Oh, we might. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Then ignore what I just said about the 300. But if you want, if you're really funny, Depending we'll save you. <laughs> but it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. So you are a long-time voiceover actor. We were just going over here. Like uh, Currently you're on Transformers Prime. You said you're Shockwave.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then there was one of those Japanese toy-based well, animes. Well, Kaijudo, Rise of the Duel Masters. Okay, which I'm sure thing. my son is very into. I've just never watched on the it. On so, yes. Sorry, On the Hub, which I love as a, as a channel. Um, and then we, going back to RoboCop.
6: I did you Robocop the in the 90s. I was in Sabrina, the animated series, Spooky Jar. That was fun You're many okay. years ago. And, yeah, Beast Wars was good, too. Beast Wars, yes. People love my that. Son,
0: uh, watches Beast Wars. And, uh, and a lot of video games coming up, too, as we said.
6: Yes, I just worked on Halo 4, and I worked on Diablo 3 as Asmodan, Mass Effect 3. Who
0: were you in
8: Halo 4?
6: Halo as? 4, I was Jul Madama. He spoke in a language other than English. Okay. Could you...
0: Uh, Tell us a few things in uh, his language. No, not, not a no chance. But it,
6: it's, a, it's a language based on Japanese. Okay. And it's actually, if we have time, there's an interesting story about that. We have we time. Have, we have time. Give us time. Okay. Okay. So, originally, they wrote this language, and they had us do it exactly as written. And it took a long time, because you're, you're speaking a foreign language that no one's ever spoken, and it has to make sense. You have to actually sound like you're you have intention and you're, you're trying to communicate something and with some emotion and all that. So we did that for one, and then we came back another session. And they said, "This is taking a long time. Let's just improvise." So do something kind of pseudo Japanese, but here you got to hit these key words. They're important. And then Legal got involved and said. Mm, you can't really do that because you might be saying something in some uh-huh. language. <laughs> <laughs> so we went back to the old way. So it, could, it could take like ten minutes of line sometimes. So
0: if you were horribly insulted by the game, this was why. Uh, you never know. You, you accidentally. All right. So, but that's cool. You know, and that's the trials and of being a voiceover actor, being in alien things. But you are a live action actor here. You are Driver, right? Yes, in, Jason uh, Driver. Jason Driver in Sparks, one of the villains. One of my. Actually, favorite parts of, of the graphic novel, and then thus the film. So this idea that the superpowered, actual superpowered people are just keep, keeping a really low po- profile and just doing horrible things behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, Rick hasn't had a chance to see it yet, but uh, let's see it tonight for the first time. But you know, there you are, uh, this interesting kind of character, the Crocodile Man. It was the or Lizard Man. He was some
6: sort of mutant. I I don't know if he was Crocodile Man or Alligator Man. Maybe it's it's a huge differentiation because some people will be very sensitive we'll let to We'll the zoologists
0: difference. argue this one.
6: We need, yes. we need to talk to the San Diego Zoo about but that. But how did you but, get involved in
0: this? You know? Well,
6: I had, I had done some work with Chris oh, Folino voiceover-wise uh, over right. the years mm-hmm. and he just, came, this came up and he thought I would be right for it and had fun with it. I hadn't really done a lot of big on-camera roles for a while and it was fun to jump back into it and the fun part of this role is that the, the special effects, effects makeup took three and a half hours a day to get into. Really? Yeah, and it was, it was actually a lot of fun experiencing that and, and finding out if it actually was possible because some people get very claustrophobic in that kind of makeup and they try to rip it off their face. But nah. if you try to rip it off your face, your face comes with it. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of stuck you're <laughs> stuck when you do it. But I, no, I really enjoyed the experience.
0: Yeah, yeah well, and it's cool. So... Uh and now you're up here at Cinequest, so you probably just flew in. I, mean, cause you yeah, I here flew in last night. Science, in last night. So. Okay, you flew in last night. Yeah, right, my sister so. lives in the area, so I flew there. Oh, with oh her. good. So you're familiar with San Jose? Uh, I've, well, she, she, she just moved here, so this is oh. the first time I've been up here. Oh, are you going to get a chance to see the sights?
6: I will try. I'm here till Sunday night, so. Okay. We'll see this movie twice. <laughs>
4: All right, I good. I
6: believe I'm doing a QA on Saturday. I've, I've heard that On I Saturday, I think and that then is um, I'll just enjoy San Jose. We'll see what happens. And another thing about this film, and my part in this film? Yeah, please do. I actually bite Clancy Brown's finger off in this film. I do recall that, yes. That goes right on the resume. How, does, yeah. how did that feel? To it was take strawberry. Big Man? It was strawberry? Yeah, the blood was strawberry I that day. Sus-
0: I suspected. I caught mean, I a whiff of strawberry from him last night. But
6: something we just noticed. Now, our, um, our listening audience will not be able to see this, but I have an iPad here, and I am bringing up a little photo montage of the creation of Jason Driver. Oh. And we see uh, oh, yeah. Robert Lindoris, yes. is our, uh, our lead special effects makeup designer, and Brian Falk here putting on the makeup. Now, yeah. they can't see this at all, but I wanted to get to a picture if it will work. Well, it's not working now. Um, when he bites the finger off, I just noticed today there's a can that he spits this finger into, Yeah, and there's like 15 fingers in it. I think he's been biting off people's fingers all night. And it's something I never knew about my character well, until today. It's a, it's a nervous habit, right? Some people chew some fingernails. People chew fingernails. Some people actually, <laughs> actually chew actual fingers.
0: fingers. Yeah, yeah. With you know, with with Archer, that makes perfect sense. I, you know, I don't not to give too much away. So because we we do want people to buy the graphic novel, we want people to. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't want to do. Dude, that,
4: that is an paper.
6: awesome. Oh, we were wow. looking at the uh, the tin yeah. can full of fingers. Yeah. I meant to bring a finger with me, but I forgot. I guess we all have one with us.
4: <laughs> we or all ten, hopefully.
6: Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you do that
0: live on stage tonight, I'm going to freak. No, uh, <laughs> I will not. I will not do that. But that's on an amazing stage. transformation. I don't think we, you know, especially for the. I don't want to sound condescending, but you know, the fact that this is, uh, a low budget film. It does not. It doesn't look. It doesn't it does look, does low look, budget. look low budget. At all. Does that
6: make? He's seen the. Ma- does that make up look low budget? No. Some of the best people in Hollywood created that.
0: No, I know because I was talking about time. it last night. We were sitting at dinner and just hearing some of the things about when I worked on this and when I worked on that. And went, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, these are a lot he, of people a labor of love who went in and did their favors for this film. And like it was t- the
8: re- like the reserve not to go full crocodile because if you
0: go full crocodile, no, you have to read the you have, you to, have, to, have to read it. the graphic novel to understand why. I haven't read. The no, graphic I know. So that's that's. There's all only right.
6: so far you can go yeah. until you're completely crocodile, and yeah. there wouldn't be any dialogue necessary. Right. Well, this way we, you're
0: still eligible for an Oscar if you exactly. had gone full crocodile. Was going. it would not have been. Uh, yeah, no, I knew where you were going. Yeah, so... Um, no, that's that's awesome. I love the contacts. And, and that's you know that's the thing. So you're a glasses wearer. I see this. And then you got those. I've been so terribly afraid to wear that kind of contact lens. You, you know what? They,
6: they make them specially for uh, motion pictures and you don't even know they're in. It's just really? like a normal contact. And you can see through them. You wouldn't think with all this green in there that you'd be able to see anything. But it's just... You know, it's like... Like you don't have it to contact so them. those were made to your prescription? No, no, they're just clear. It's fine. It's no,
0: he uh, he bumps into walls all through <laughs> the whole movie. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Driver doesn't actually drive. They just you sort know, of led, they led me. <laughs> they led me to set. Yeah.
9: <laughs>
0: it's sort of like you know that's they don't say, they don't say about uh, you know yeah, got, right. the thing with Clancy Brown is you know uh, Christopher Lambert is terribly nearsighted. You have to very carefully choreograph his sword, sword fights. fights. You had to because if you put the gla- take the glasses off, he was you know. You cannot see at all. Wow. But I should tell so. you about
6: the scene. This scene, I expected to be there all night. Because it's a close-up where I yeah. bite Clancy Brown's finger off, and it has to look real. At what point so did th- it just become a pleasure?
0: <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> a it's, it's a strawberry. It's the a stra- the strawberry. <laughs> yeah. made the evening, but
6: I really was settling in for about 20 takes. Because I thought, there's no way we're going to take two. Print. Moving on. What?
0: No, really? I developed really? a taste for no, it. No, it. it was
6: great. Yeah, anyway, It was great. <laughs> and I've seen it.
0: Oh no! I've seen it. It looks you may, it's disturbing. You may
6: need medical attention. Watching I have
0: this. not seen it on the big screen. That's what I'm very excited about tonight: is seeing it on. Like, I'm looking
6: forward to the reaction.
0: Did, did you see? I know that Chris has done one like screening for cast. I have a few, not seen a few it.
6: select people. I have seen. Well, a I, movie went in, I went in. I went and did some ADR just a few weeks okay. ago, and just saw selected scenes. I have not seen the whole thing. And there's another scene that I did with his son. Did you yeah, hear about he, this? Oh yeah. Yeah, should well, they're they're gonna hear this after the things really. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire career, and emotionally, Um, I had a six-year-old, seven-year-old kid. Okay, and we're outside where they filmed Little House on the Prairie at a movie ranch. It's like ten o'clock at night. It's cold. The dust is whipping up. He'd never been on set. Well, he Always been on set with his dad because his yeah, dad right. shoots commercials and stuff. But right, but not never been on set filming something. And he was luckily this character was supposed to stand up to me. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to back down. But I walk up to the kid. First thing, whip out my arm and go, "Gene,
4: yeah, hit it, him." Yeah, oh, but I of course that. not real.
6: Now the hard thing is that eighty percent of my energy while I was doing this scene was making sure I didn't actually hurt him. Right. So to make the camera see that I'm a brutal guy, and also to be protecting him, took eight takes. Yeah. Because Chris said, "I want him to feel the wind of your hand on his face," and there's just no way. I I had to actually blow a couple of takes because I knew I would have hit him.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: But it was it was tough because like I I I I didn't hurt this kid. I know he's a sweet kid. And I sat down before with him and I just talked about it. I said, "Do you understand what we're doing? It's a film. It's all fantasy. That we're we're not. I'm not really mad at you, but we got to pretend." Yeah, he, he got it. Oh yeah, he understood. What a great and he had fun. He apparently had a really good time of doing it.
0: Good, good. Well, cool. Well, we're very much looking forward to seeing I mean, I have seen it. I'm looking forward to seeing it on
6: <laughs> the big screen tonight. Me yeah, too. And it's a beautiful theater. Yeah. Well, yeah 1920s theater. Yeah. Well, yeah. this It's the San awesome.
0: Jose Movie Palace. It is yeah. one. Of they
6: restored They actually the have
8: an, an, or- an organ that will rise up out of the stage for silent yeah. films. To be
0: uh, so they show, yeah, they do the they do the symphony, they do the opera, and they do silent movies with the organ.
6: It's and they could just cut out all of our dialogue and just put. You know, just oh, put exactly. I mean, yeah, well, just a
0: Actually, show. every time you appear, the organ play, <laughs> Happy days are here again. <laughs> so, excellent. Well, David, thank you so much for sitting down. You with bet. Us. It was good meeting and you. Good thank
6: you.
9: Good good to you. Meet Take
8: you. Care. And now, Marina Scorchotti.
0: <laughs> we are sitting down uh, here again at Cafe Stritch with Marina Squerciati, yes. who has... I, I'm really trying awkwardly to describe characters without doing any spoilers, <laughs> you know, because nobody's seen the film yet. Right, right, right. Um, I think I'm think safe to say the tragic, somewhat tragic figure of Dawn. <laughs> in, you know,
4: yes.
0: Because it, I think even when we got the graphic novel out originally, I, that, some people have already read that far. So, right, <laughs> yes. So I think that's safe. Okay, so uh, Dawn has been a tragic figure, and you've worked a lot... Uh, so I guess the first thing to ask is, how did you get involved with this? Because you mentioned to me off-air, okay, off you're on the East Coast. Yes. And then you're on the West Coast for Sparks.
10: I'm on the... Well, I am bi-coastal at this okay. point. However, uh, they were having a hard time casting Sparks. And so Ashley Bell, whom I've known for quite some time, recommended me kindly enough to um, Chris and they had me send in an audition tape, and the role really spoke to me. I mean, it really did. It. I knew when I was auditioning, I could just feel it was my role.
0: So what was it about that?
10: I think that... I think a couple things. I think, first of all, I feel like sometimes I'm from another era, so I really liked okay. the, the noir aspect of it and being able to inhabit that costume-wise and vocally. Mm-hmm. And, no. I also think... I really relate to tragic figures, okay. the idea of loving someone that doesn't love you. I mean, not that that's my particular story, but <laughs> but I think tragic figures is something in tragic figures that I connect to.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. And uh, Chase and I talked earlier today about uh, you know kind of prepping for that. Just like you say, you feel, feel like you're from another era. Did you feel like you had to do a lot of research to kind of prep yourself for being that 40s
10: I did. I did. I um, did. I felt like... I, I mean, I watched a lot of noir films, first of all. And being in New York and working on television, the, you, your cadence is completely quicker and, and mm-hmm. different than what you need it to be. So, that was... A lot of it was cadence. And after the... When you slow down your cadence, your body movements slow down, and you just. And I think Dawn is a really feminine character mm-hmm. and really sexual as well. And I think that everything from the voice to the clothes all helped me move into that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
10: slowing the voice down, especially.
0: So, uh, you know, I know Chris and I have talked about ideas for the sequel in which there would be a way for your character to appear again. <laughs>
4: Are you kidding? So would you do that?
0: <laughs> no, well, you know, I'm assuming, you know, you're a graphic novel. Uh, you know, we they would do that way first and see. So if they could, if would you jump back in? I, it would
10: be a joy. I mean, maybe... Oh, no, that's a spoiler. I can't say it. But um, <laughs> maybe it won't be so tragic this time. Maybe I'll, you know, end up happy. Okay. Um, I would love to. I think I loved working with all these people. I loved working with Chris. He he makes every scene lighter, even when it's a, a, there's a darkness to it, which I think helps because, mm-hmm. you know, you can really... Well, you're
0: dealing it. with I mean, it's a heavy film in a, a heavy heavy lot of ways. Film. There's a lot of darkness to it.
10: And I think that if you kind of, uh, like, let yourself be bogged down by that, it, it bogs the audience down. And I think that he he can see the dark and the light of, of, of mm-hmm. a scene, so I think that was really important that yeah. he he shows you where the, the moments of pep are, yeah. I guess.
0: And now you currently have a role on the it's an F, FX, FX show. the Americans. The Americans, Irina. Irina. Okay, so talk about that experience, especially versus film work.
10: Well, I went in, they gave me a scene that was optional in Russian, <laughs> so... I, and I had an, like a couple hours to prepare okay, so I Square
0: Chaudy, is that a Russian name? Yeah, no, actually, uh, <laughs> Northern
10: Italy The okay. Dolomites So what I did, I'm really good Which probably helped with Don, with languages and accents So mm-hmm. I talked to someone who was Russian She's, um, for about an hour before it did the, I went in to the producers I said, I'm going to do this If anyone speaks Russian, they won't understand me But I can show you that I If you give me more time, I can You're I right. will you can it. nail this so they gave me a tutor, and I I worked on the Russian, and it's harder than you think. There's a lot of choices. really because I'm thinking it would be yeah, really no, hard. No. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, to be fair, it's
10: harder than what you think. <laughs> I couldn't believe the H's that are together. And when I when I was with the tutor, I would I would say the word protif and she'd be like protif. and I'd say it again protif, No, protif. What? I mean, it sounded the same to my ear, and she would just. She said it was nuts.
0: I'm sorry. Okay. okay, so, uh, and Hawaii, does that mean yes, that's definitely. been renewed already, right? It's picked yes. up? Sorry, yeah, has. So, so you will be all Hopefully. the way through? Oh, no, oh no. you're right. I'm sorry. Not Not yet. Can Anything, Anything can happen. Anything can happen. I mean, I don't
10: know yet. I I'm haven't. Knocking all
0: right, so then <laughs> what else is. Uh, March 17th, you should tune okay. in. That's my big
10: episode. So. Okay
0: i got to catch up, honestly. No, it's it's a, a great It's, it's great like a show that I'd be like, I really need to find time to watch this. Yeah. I really need to, because it sounds find like a it. great idea. Okay, I will. Because you looked me in the eye. That was so intense. I have to. Okay. Um,
10: I have a small role coming up in a, a film that hasn't been made. It hasn't been made? And Yeah, it's being made. It's a, okay. <laughs> a walk in the tombstones. I don't really know what my role is yet. It's kind of amorphous, but I a landed tomb, Not apart. a
4: tombstone? No. Okay.
10: No. Okay.
0: Tombstones. Tombstones. All of them. He walks yeah. among all of them. All of them. Just two hours of Liam Neeson walking through two Yeah.
10: That's He's
0: so badass, that would work. I would buy it. <laughs> really
10: I'm not the blu ray right. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. Crystal clear granite. Okay, yeah. so,
10: good.
0: Well, thank you so much for spending okay, the time with us. We can you. talk about your upcoming projects. It, it was Wonderful fun. to have you here, Marina. Thank Thanks. You. Nice to
10: meet you. Thank you. Thank you.
4: And what a
8: damn fine interview. Didn't you, you? Aren't you sorry you weren't here? I'm um, sorry I was not I was here. Saying, and I saying,
0: I do say, lovely I just, I you know, just honestly, um, what well, it say? The Americans. i was going to start watching the Americans. I seriously yeah. am, just to see. Hmm. That's she what, they don't Russian. spell
8: American right or something.
0: Like that. They, no, no, no. There's something, but the title like, is spelled okay. correctly. Yes. But there's a. It's not like the that, C has the, and, has the hammer, hammer and the sickle. And ah, that's that's it. the logo. Yeah. Okay. And then next up, we got to sit down with. Um, and this is funny because I really did remember him from the Snapple commercials. I feel like haunted, wow. like everybody in gamers. Why didn't got, think you were making that up? No, everybody in gamers got uh, got this like commercial campaign. Uh, it was down in L.A. this weekend. The uh, the one member of the gamers crew that isn't involved in uh, in uh, Sparks has a major Southern California commercial thing. And I walked into a hotel and I looked up and on TV was the guy from Gamers. I was like, okay, I'm haunted. It's all kismet. You know, it's great. Because I was going down to get graphic novels and, you know, the hard copies. I have to go back and watch Gamers again now that I've met all these guys. Yeah, it's cool. So Scott, sometimes billed as Scott Allen Rinker, but Scott Rinker. Just a a treat to meet this guy. So, here we go. So we are sitting down with Scott Rinker. Yes. uh, Who... To describe the role, see is the the budding reporter. Yes, I, I think it's fair enough yeah. to call in in the adaptation of Sparks. Uh, kind of the character that's like really has to carry the, the weight of, oh crap, what am I listening to? <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> you know, yeah, dragged
9: uh, kicking and screaming along in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: and then you are also just as. A, Yes, Chris Colino is uh, is well known for taking on both Buseys. You are now going to be like famous for for coming back for Chris Colino project. So, because yes. uh, you were the, uh, one of the leads <laughs> in Gamers. Yes, well. it was. So, yes. which yeah. is how I first came to know Chris. So, let's talk about your role in Sparks. Okay. Um, so, uh, how did did it? Was it just Chris said you owe me still? Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know the, like, the jobs you do for money. The jobs has you do for he love. Let
9: your children go. Uh, the, she's actually she's alive and well. So okay, I good. Okay, so good. I so you hear. So I hear. <laughs> No, uh, it was one of the. So, yeah, he, he, uh, he talked to me about the that he was doing the movie, and I was like, I'm in. And he said, I haven't offered you anything. I said, I'm in.
0: Okay, so <laughs> did you get a choice at all? I was mean, like, what roles, were you just No, say, not at all. Yeah, good?
9: okay. Yeah. All right, cool. I think he had me in mind for this part from the get go, and I was, I was thrilled. Could be,
0: could be. I think yeah. that the character in the graphic novel does, you know, because like, yeah. some of the characters were obviously drawn with actors and set in mind, and I, I think, you know, I wouldn't necessarily pay Clint Howard at the time, but yeah, I can no, see you, yeah, yeah. Um, although Clint Howard fulfilled it. Um, so, yeah, what is it about? working with Chris that brought you back here that would you just just say aside unseen, I'm in? Or had you read the comics
9: before? I had read the comics. Um, I'd helped him work on the transitional phase to the movie. We did a motion comic version of it. Oh, you were on the motion comic. Yeah, so I did a couple, I did the voice, some of the voices for that as well. Okay. Um, So I'd sort of been following the project since the very get-go. And and I love Chris. He's a great guy. He's probably one of my dearest friends now. Good, Um, good. Which is amazing considering what we went through when shooting Gamers. No, that no, I understand. Each other. I'm giving him crap, but it's that everybody
0: has that same feeling. It's like we love Chris, but yeah. please don't hurt my family. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. All right. <laughs> like uh, so, and, and Gamers was, uh, you know, funny film that I, I'm hoping, oh, will thank you. still someday find this. Like I don't know why it hasn't quite yeah. broken through. And you had a very interesting obsessive character in that. I did. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you want to talk about that a little
9: bit? I did. Uh, you know, it's funny when I. Auditioned for the movie. I'd never met Chris, and I read the script for Gamers and said, "This is one film that I know. I know these people. I lived this. I can't believe I'm actually confessing to this. I lived this. This life. is the
0: website. <laughs> this is the podcast for okay. it.
9: Okay. Now I lived this life all through high school and college. This was this was D and D was my thing. Um, so so you're I trying to, to tell us you let it go? I have. I had to. Okay. I, I met a girl. So that. <laughs>
4: oh if <laughs> I yeah, got married and if I wanted to stay married oh, right, right, like right. right. yeah,
9: yeah. <laughs> well little people don't really no. know this there's another gender what <laughs> they're called females oh okay yeah. they seem to be from another planet which may be your, your intro but no yeah okay uh, anyway yeah so. so so I got it um I and I was in from the moment um working with him was fantastic uh it just it was one of those things that I knew the humor and I knew these characters so well yes. I was ready to roll with anything you threw at me yeah. Yeah.
0: that's great that's great it was a very funny performance
9: well, and a very funny film and
0: uh, so uh, is this your first time up to San Jose? it is and it is. have you had a chance to look around and enjoy the uh, place? just what
9: I saw from the airplane Airport? window
0: that's no, beautiful. <laughs> as we flew over the city our concrete is especially yeah. shiny I saw that Yeah, we did see that that's great It's a um, nice shimmer
9: so what do you have next? I mean, let's look forward to the next thing. Are you the next thing? Uh, I've got a, an episode of television that's airing next month and, uh, you know, a couple of things in the back burner that we're waiting to see. And, and some people that's might
0: recognize because I remember it was like when I first saw Gamers, almost all of you leads... We're all over the place in commercials.
2: Oh yes. Does I remember you yeah. as the
0: is it the tea Java guy? Yes, uh, yes the Snapple. The Snapple. Tea,
2: Snapple, Snapple, Snapple. You, you were, were looking
9: campaign. for where the tea yeah. had come from. Uh, you know, I can't complain. They sent me all around the world, and it was a hell of a ride. It's like you said. Yeah. You'll yeah, <laughs> a hell of a ride. That's
0: the upside of acting. Yeah. Is like oh, My friends hate me.
9: Th- they don't talk to me anymore. They're like, dude, you're the That's guy why that you have to
0: talk to Chris. <laughs> He's the only one that will I, I understand. Him. I understand. Well, you know, we'll <laughs> talk to you again sometime, sure. Um, so, all right. Well, cool. Scott, thank you so much Absolutely, for the Absolutely, man. Thank you. my pleasure. Looking forward to the performance tonight. Have you, you seen it on the big screen
9: yet? Not. I have not. I've actually only seen tiny little snippets. He's very secretive about it. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Well, we're all going to experience it together. Exactly. Bold hands in the
11: dark gripping Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Cool, man. Thank you very much.
0: And I don't mean to brag, but in the lobby, we stood on, the, we got red carpet photographed together, uh, and he said we could be Facebook friends. So he might be friending me later. Yes. I'm very excited because that's what makes it real. Did you
7: ask if you could be Facebook
8: friends? Yes, I did. did so that's oh, okay. what makes it real. I'm so sorry I didn't get you get a picture of you on the red carpet. It's
0: but okay. They started they did. the movie. They did. I know that was weird. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. That was awkward. Uh, then we grabbed. Uh, just really great. I, I love getting this. The the makeup effects artist, Rob the Kid Lindoris. Yes. Uh, did I saw it, and that it in the credits? And you've seen it now. He's yeah, damn t- good makeup. So yes. let's listen to that conversation. We are sitting down with uh, Robert Lindoris. Rob, sorry. Let me say You just went over that. Rob the Kid. Lindors. That's me. Because um, you were in the Charlie Chaplin film, right? Way back when, 1921. Um, <laughs> you have aged magnificently. Thank you. Uh, and actually, you're a visual effects artist, uh, makeup effects artist. Special you, makeup effects. Special makeup effects. Yes. Because we just uh, had sat down with David uh, and he was talking about you. And so I was like, oh, yeah, we got to get you down to ah. talk about it because we we're talking about how amazing the work is. Thank you. And and at the same time, how low the budget is.
1: (laughs) Yes. So tell me, how did you get involved in this project? Um, It was uh, one of these things. It was a friend of a friend mentioned something, and I showed up at a meeting, and uh, they liked my ideas and took me on. Okay. It was just what drew you to
0: the project? Oh,
1: what drew me to the project? Oh, my God. It's so fun. It's 1940s superhero noir. It's there's old cars, which you don't cars. hear often. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it, well, it's old cars, old school, uh, just visuals, very dark. I love that. That's that's what I live
0: for. Yeah, yeah. So it just that drew you, and you did some fantastic work with the few supers and uh, probably a lot of blood and healing and crap. Yes, and tons of and blood, oh, tons of yes. blood. Yes, yeah. and you said you've been in the business since you were 15. Yes, how
1: did you get involved in? And then at 15. Okay, I was uh, taking my pet rat for a walk. The story begins correctly. Okay. Yep. and I had, <laughs> I had a green mohawk and uh, I'm walking around my neighborhood and there just happened to be a, uh, a cracked open door and I saw all these monsters and uh, different things sitting on a shelf. Now, other children would run. No, not me. (laughs) I'm just saying. No, I was taking my pet rat for a walk. (laughs) You're right. I I didn't want to disappoint her at all. Lindors or Adams is your last name? (laughs) (laughs) Something in between. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, then some guy popped his head out and said, What the F do you want? What do you want? I said, Give me a job. What do you do? I said, I don't know. I can sweep floors and answer phones, but the place looks cool. He said, All right, show up on Monday. I'll give you 100 bucks a week. And at 15 years old, in the oh, early yeah. 90s... Oh, yeah, yeah, That was something. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that thusly and started the that? downward spiral. Oh, that was John Criswell. John Criswell now is... Uh, he's uh, one of the main guys at Henson Creature Shop LA. Uh-huh. Uh, and back then, he was... Uh, we, we were all... It was the, the end of the 80s, the early 90s, so... There was a, a kind of tight knit community of special effects guys: mm-hmm. Tom Savini, yeah. John Criswell. Um, uh, at the time, relatively unknown was. Um, oh, I'm at a loss for his name now. No.
0: We can talk about the guy from Walking Dead now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. No. But, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, I'm blanking on everybody's name besides Savini. You went yeah. with all I could say.
1: Uh, uh, the guy that did uh, Jurassic Park. Um, Stan Winston. Stan Winston. Uh, okay. Bless his soul. Yeah. Uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty tight-knit community of all these guys. And I was lucky enough when I was 15 years old to stumble in upon it on something that I always liked. On Halloween, yeah. Halloween I covered myself in blood and did all kinds of crazy things. So I actually just, uh, just dumb luck. Thumb luck. Yeah, because at
0: the risk of making this sound creepy, do you like, to, like leave the door open a crack so that the neighborhood kids can see it and it's a test? Oh, of
1: course. To pass that along? <laughs> of course, of course. Continue the circle of. And at, at Halloween, I always have a mask on and I open the door screaming, "What do you want?" You want yeah, on. I love I love scaring people. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Best best feeling. So let's talk about you know just just, just so that people
0: know without running to their IMDb. You name some of the high-profile things you've done.
1: Of course. Uh, Yeah, on my IMDb. Just search uh, Robbie Lindor's. Rob the Kid Lindor's. It's all there.
0: Yeah, well, just name a couple for the podcast so they don't have to run.
1: Oh, my good. Oh, Jesus. Um, Jurassic Park 2, Contact. um, Wow. Uh, One of... uh, a few of the Puppet Master uh, franchise. Oh, see, now you hit it. We
0: love Puppet oh, Master. We love Charles Band. Brand. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, Charlie Brand. Oh yeah. So he's awesome. he's a character in and in and of himself.
0: Yeah, awesome. And yeah. then you, we were talking about last night. We were talking about being the Alcatraz because you worked on Murder uh, in the First. Yes, Was Murder that? in the
1: First with um, uh, Kevin, Bacon Kevin Bacon and uh, Kevin Bacon and uh, Gary Oldman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So did you spend the night in Alcatraz? You uh, yeah, 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 I did.
1: It was creepy as hell. <laughs> it was creepy as hell. Was it the did they finally cross
0: that line so you were actually scared in there?
1: Um well uh the place wasn't scary, but what was happening in my mind was. It's always the way. It's <laughs> always the way.
0: Well thanks so much for sitting oh, down with us and forward to seeing the film tonight. Oh and your work on the big screen, man. Thank thanks. you. Thank thanks. you very much. So yeah, really cool guy. We hung out last night at Original Joe's. You know, like if anybody walked in, it would have been like this total. After the signing, we launched the graphic novel last night, and the kid was there. And then we had pasta together. What did
7: you order at Original Joe's? There
0: ravioli. That's did anybody
7: get the Joe's special? No, I don't always think so. get
0: the
6: Joe's I don't special. Don't so.
7: Do I you like Joe's special? I do like it. I'm gonna have you over. Some night. Never, I never Joe's special. I right? right. never had it before. And then Tiffany's mom was in town, and. She always gets it and she got it and I was Did you like, get it what? with a sauteed
8: on uh, sauteed mushrooms. I think so. It's a little more but it's worthy. It.
0: So it while we're good. making you hungry, <laughs> the next uh, people sat down with and this was really kind of a surprise. I knew I wanted to talk to uh, this guy, Jacob Shea, who's the composer, film uh, score composer. And I was knew he, he was local.
7: Local San Jose he grew up. He grew
0: up uh, we in we talked about it in the interview. Uh, he is local and uh, and then we I thought it was an odd pairing, but it turned out to be really it was fun. a cool pairing. With with Esteban Cueto, who plays Kane in the oh, film. Oh, he's a big guy. As, like, now a very, like my guy. hero. Uh, like, I just want to make an action figure of him.
8: We <laughs> talked about his, his clothing, his, his accoutrement. Well, yeah. let's just hear it. I okay. mean,
0: because it's there. Okay, now we are sitting down and saying, I feel like this is Cavalcade of Stars from Sparks. <laughs> We're sitting down with a film composer, music composer, Jacob Shea, I, and the villainous... We'd call you villainous, right? Absolutely. I'm a hero a villain. At least at, at this like table, it? the imposing Esteban Cuomo. <laughs> <Quavo>. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> dun dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> So, yeah, we're just saying, like, already he, he is dressed like a super villain here at the table. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're ready to roll. Good God. But God. <laughs> I think you should
3: go on the, I don't know, So it's a comedy team going here. So, that's um, about how did you get involved so in Sparks? Well, the fantastic thing is that uh, Brady Romberg, the stunt coordinator called me in, and it was just going to be an interview for a stunt character. Nothing, nothing big. I said, great. I came inside and I walked in the door, and Chris looked up and, you're perfect, you're it, you're it, you're it. i was like, great. So I turned to Brady, and he's like, oh, yeah, all right, it's probably just going to be a day, don't worry about it. Don't
4: uh, nothing to worry about. It. All right,
3: fine. I'm walking almost out of this building, and then he goes, wait, 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 wait. i got to check out some things. Went back and talked to Chris. Chris says, no, he's perfect for the Kane character. I was like, okay, so what's Kane? I, I don't, I'm just... I'm lucky to get a job, and it's great times, because usually as stunt guys, there's a hustle and bustle, and we're always looking for work, and to think that, oh, okay, I have the day, and now the day just turned into something more than that. So I get handed a script, and all of a sudden now I have dialogue, and I go, crap, I I party crazy the night before my head is messed up <laughs> I've drank too much that so I'm dehydrated but all right it's not till just oh no we'll get to it later on that later on turned out to be three o'clock in the morning on the set that night so and this was at at five o'clock in the afternoon when I got the interview that oh we're there, you're gonna have lines so I went out I studied I studied studied I was crazy it was it was awesome at three o'clock in the morning it comes luckily they put the sides up for me, so I could read them in case I didn't have it in my mind, okay. and um, that was how we shot the scene uh, in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. The whole part about um, why 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 the supers are always being secret, and mm-hmm. that way we can get we'll go where the real action is and get into the nitty gritty because we don't have to be superheroes so much as villainous superheroes.
0: Right, right. So, yeah. And uh, you've
3: done a lot of uh, dialogue before. Absolutely. Uh, okay. um, yeah. I'm a stuntman by trade, but I'm a stuntman who can act. So I've got, out of the uh, 60 different roles he's I've he's done, done more than 59% of them are, are acting roles. Because they'll ask for a guy who can say a few lines and die. And I'm happy to do that. I've worked in is that on business card?
0: Say a few lines and die? Oh, so absolutely. A yeah, that. That is that's, like that's a great a good calling card. Card. That's <laughs> As I said before, I'm a
3: stuntman that doesn't use an acting double. Yeah. So I've been killed by... the the best guys um, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger bit off my ear in a movie called Collateral Damage spit it out oh okay um, you know you Vin Diesel's killed me about three different times Triple X uh, Was Does he like to you specially Get me um, Esteban he he, <laughs> yeah. he did a really cool thing on Fast Five they saw me I was shooting in Georgia and he goes alright it's complete Esteban's here so yeah Vin was pretty cool to buy okay cool okay. um, who you all right?
0: right We have uh, Jacob Who is yes. actually Like us here You are local It's true I was you born and raised
12: yeah. That's absolutely correct Yeah I, I grew up in Willow
0: Glen uh, Went to For those who have been Victimized by Facebook We mean actually In Willow Glen Not you know Yeah I, Yeah I don't know it's been locating everybody in San oh, Jose really? is being located in Willow Glen oh right, right? So it's charming <laughs> for those of us who are actually in Willow Glen it's we uh,
12: uh, <laughs> all neighbors yeah, yeah. fair enough uh, yeah and I after I graduated college I went down to LA and uh, tried to make a go at this whole music for film television and video games thing and, and uh, fast forward eight years and things are starting to come together uh, Max Carlson the the um, editor on this movie, who's fantastic, uh, had reached out to a associate of mine by the name of Lauren Bow asking if there was someone that could write the score to this, and, and Lauren Balfe very kindly recommended me. I met with Chris, and uh, we watched on the movie and talked about it a bit, and I, I wrote like maybe six minutes or something in like a weekend, and gave him some ideas to work
0: with and, and we just went from there. It's well cool. you just bring up kind of an interesting question because I, I don't know that people would think about it outside of music is how do you prepare and decide I am now a film scorer. I am ready to do this. <laughs> I don't think it's anything that
12: yeah, that if you if you think about it in that way you're doomed. I think you have to, <laughs> you have to you have to just go down there and, and kind of learn about the craft and see What it takes to to it's a really weird nebulous thing that you can't just declare and have it be so. You kind of have to meet a lot of people. You have to uh, uh, learn how to uh, talk to directors and and the. There's a lot of trial and error that goes. It, I don't think. I mean, it's 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 a really hard thing. I, I wrote a lot of music for student films
0: when I first got out there, and that okay. that kind of helped me okay. get a sense so of. What not was like you have to like practice by like scoring your daily chores or something. No, like no. Everyone should walk away don't score. Yeah. Thankfully, it never got to
12: that. Yeah, but. Uh, it's, uh, I'm yeah. sorry to encourage you because probably now it will <laughs> like you're gonna be going to be like damn it uh,
0: so alright and you work uh, normally with
4: Hans uh, yeah, I, I had
12: really? a long standing collaboration with, with Hans back in 2007 I started working with him at his, his place in Santa Monica and uh, he's an amazing teacher an amazing musician amazing storyteller and so I've, I spent the last five years kind of now through you, osmosis.
0: Yeah, what do you do as an assistant to a composer? Well, it, it Hold these varies. Notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
12: I've got a stack of notes at home, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I started out by doing some more technical things, like uh, a lot of current composers. The, the vast majority use computers to generate these demos mm-hmm. that are then eventually, if you're lucky and have a an, uh, budget, recorded by orchestra but there's a lot of things that in terms of maintaining these writing setups, these computer setups that, uh, that need to happen. The composer just doesn't have time to, to maintain these writing rigs so they have assistance to kind of make sure everything's working and so that's how i started out and then he realized that i had some musical knowledge and, and started throwing me arranging tasks and and eventually writing tasks oh, okay. uh, that's really cool yeah. that's
0: really cool and you know uh, i'll get through some that's near, near my heart you know you you grew up around here you um you had told me we talked about it and i'm sorry i'm gonna probably accidentally reverse the order you attended Del Mar, is that right? Yeah, I, I kind of was like
12: schizophrenic in my high school days. I, <clears throat> I I I started out at Del Mar, then I went to Willow Glen because we had just moved into okay. the area and it was walking distance.
0: But you told me Lee High School was where you really cha- changed your life.
12: Yeah, it really did. I mean, I, I was like studying jazz guitar and stuff in high school and uh, and getting into to kind of the nitty gritty in terms of harmony and things and... and it was made aware to me. I can't remember who, but there that there was a music theory AP class at Lee High School, and it was only offered there, not anyplace else. Right. Somehow, I finagled a way to, to to kind of Tuesdays and Thursdays take my lunch break and drive over there. Okay. And uh, that, yeah, it was really formative. I don't know that I would have gotten to the do you, college. Do you want I want to did. shout out
0: to that teacher because I know
12: I can't kind of, oh, oh, no. they did that kind Oh no! But, I mean, but the, that program was exceptional. And uh, and I'm just bad with names. Okay. I
0: barely remember... That's all right, George. Yeah. So, uh, Thanks, Chris. Uh, not Ooh. the first time that's happened yeah. this week. Not the first time that's happened this week. Um, but... Yeah, it was a, so definitely a high school education. Moment. And Why is it near and dear to my heart? It's like you know, in the state where we're making all these cuts. Yes. And you would not be on the path you were on no. if you had not had public education, arts education in which the school, which is the first thing to go. Yeah, and it's just a travesty. It really is. Yeah.
12: So I no, I'm I'm such a proponent of those types of courses because I would not have. Even known that that world existed, had it not been for the fact that I could take a class, and uh, I mean, not everyone has the opportunity to just on the side do crazy music stuff. They, if it's available in a public system yeah. for them to learn
0: about it, it's really useful. Well, and how about you? What 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 made you decide that stuntman who can oh, say wow. a few lines and die was going to be your life's work? Well,
3: been? what a story. Uh, Twelve years old, I was uh, doing theater. And very funny is that in high school and, and all the way, actually, in first grade, I was in a Catholic school, and I was singing, and I was in choir. And back in high school, I was a dorky guy who played on football, did track, and was in a show group. That means I wore a very long leotard outfit while singing and dancing. There's no shame. Uh, yeah, and then I went to college and went to and did music there and did theater there and the, uh, went off to the military, learned how to kill people. I'm an ex-army ranger. Got out, searched out of school. To I'm sorry the for anything I've said that's <laughs> offensive to you. <laughs> hey,
4: I party? wanted to
3: live through the weekend.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, this is kind of cool. Because your ex-army ranger who has a lovely singing
13: voice.
3: May yeah, I say we can hear it? It yeah. just <laughs> happens to come in sometimes. All know? right. <laughs> so it's it's very interesting the roads we take. Um, I was that kid at, at uh, lunch table, sitting with my friends, looking at comic books. I didn't have a girlfriend till like the last fourth year. And you're, for those who do not look and see what I am, I'm a 280 pound uh, creature oh, that oh, we're looks going like to kill somebody. Oh, we're going to take I mean,
0: pictures. But imagine that
3: same guy who was just 200 pounds with his friends reading comic books uh, at the favorite? table. So, uh, oh, my favorite. Wow, it goes back. I remember the original Iron. Uh, the original. Um, excuse me. Uh, way back when they never when they said they would never give away Wolverine's Uh, backstory Byron John Byron I think thank you my pronunciation sucks Uh, he had re- drawn it and reanimated it to the point where like, you felt that everything John put his hands on was a masterpiece. And so when they did Remember that whole days, thing, yeah. I mean, I had the very first Wolverine where he shows up and he's actually with the Hulk and he fights the Hulk and Wendigo, kicks everybody's butt, and you don't even realize that supposedly back when he was created, he didn't have claws or of or amantium skeleton, he only had the claws in his gloves, because they, they didn't even think this character was going to go anywhere. So anyways, that's, that's how dorky of a guy I am. But uh, it's fantastic to be in Chris's production where I'm um, a superhero villain. Yeah. At the same time, he allowed me to survive. I mean, when you see the movie, I didn't know I was going to have that next scene at all. So yeah. to have it and go, oh, crap, I'm still here? This is cool.
0: Yeah. So a, uh,
3: I owe Chris a lot. It's, it's a, a cool part. You know, and it really is. is. And so yeah.
0: that's... Uh, but they'll give you the weight. And that's awesome. So we can say, kids, eat your veggies. Yes. Uh, overcome the bullying and become an Army Ranger. I was bullied. Step three,
3: simple become an Army Ranger. If I was not bullied, I would not be where I was today. Because I was bullied as a kid. I was a big six foot kid who would let little kids pick on him. Then I, I had a chance to go to Arizona State uh, right after school. And I knew I just didn't have the hit. So I went and got the it, and I haven't had a problem since. All right. uh, when I was in the Army Rangers, yeah, <laughs> they train that out of you. It's all uh, good. We're hoping to find the it. Uh, tell us <laughs> where you found the it. <laughs>
0: so I only have a movie idea. I'm sorry, <laughs> the whole different <laughs> movie. Yeah, it's movie therapy now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that worry. Maybe that's what made the difference. Exactly. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys for sitting oh, down with us and having this conversation. It was wonderful to meet ah, you. Pleasure. My pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, thank, yeah. You. Yeah. thank you. Great. Awesome. Well, thank that's you so much. And then he changed outfits. <laughs> Esteban changed in this fantastic. I gotta post it to the Facebook page. The because suit he was just this is the white suit. Oh, it yes. was slick. Like not a lot of people could carry that off. But God knows he can. Did you get a posing picture of him? He he poses with a. <laughs> look as, as soon as you say, este, Esteban, he goes to a pose. Okay. He is not going to be you know. So awesome guy, awesome guy. I want that outfit. Me too.
8: It looked like uh, it looked like uh, snow from. Uh, yes, from Joe No, 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 from. Uh, uh, oh, uh,
0: the authority planetary yeah. planetary planetary. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I, yes, it's sweet. I'll post it. I'll post it. It's awesome. Uh, and next we sat down with two guys from Gamers who had uh, smaller, somewhat smaller roles in Sparks. But uh, as is the, as was brought up in the Q&A tonight, the no habit of naming one of them, the poor man, Kevin Sherwood, who is the name of a serial killer in the film, but also plays uh, a cop. Uh, so Dave Hansen and Kevin Sherwood, a couple of really nice guys. We had a conversation with them. Okay, and we're sitting now with two more members of, of the unofficial level called the Team Felino. they the people go. that clearly have their professional lives bound to his work. <laughs> uh, no, because you both had major roles in Gamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had, uh, we had Scott on a little, a little earlier. Right. Um, and then you both have, have roles in Sparks, which premieres tonight. So, uh, as we just went over, embarrassingly enough, Kevin has a, a substantial role that I didn't even recognize him So, Kevin Sherwood. Uh, who, in Gamers, uh, you were the jingle writer. Oh, yeah, the jingle d- writer. D- I guess that's a way to put it. The, the horse. <laughs> God, that was horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a very funny part. Very funny part. Um, so, the, yeah, the jingle writer, and uh, in this you are a corrupt cop. Yes, I am a corrupt cop, and I am part of Sparks' origin story. Right, right, okay. And then uh, Dave Hansen, who was... Uh, was your character named Dave Anson in the film, in Gamers? Maybe? No, no, it was Reese. Reese but I embodied yeah. it so much. <laughs>
14: version and, 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 right. and, well, you were. The perversion and... Aren't you Reese? essentially,
0: right. you are the DVD extras? Essentially, uh, I, mean, I, so. like, I think so. I think it's because I was the only guy available. I think it's just like you just crying on the answering <laughs> machine That's, for like basically, 20 minutes. Y- yes, that is. Uh, it's just me so, weeping yeah. on the menu I know screen. several
2: people who actually took your answering machine message and...
14: Put it on their... Put it on theirs. Yeah, I, yes. I recommend it. I, only if I can get a percentage yeah, of some sort. Uh,
0: I, because I, I want to describe your role without doing a spoiler on the film, because obviously our listeners not... Some may have seen it by this mm-hmm. time. Some may not. and may not have read the graphic novel. Right. Um, but you are the white-suited uh, ad executive. Shall yes. We call it? That's the same. A little bit sleazy. A do lot. You feel, do you yes. feel typecast? No. I know. I, you know, that was a nice thing. I got in
14: today, and I, I talked to uh, some of the cast members and their various family members and some of the producers... And, and they said you seem so nice. They you so nice. You're yes. such a nice guy outside of the, the creepy role that you played. And that not was actually, at all what they were expecting. Not at all what they were expecting, yeah. uh, which was actually nice to hear. But I did get to amp up the creep uh, in that role. It was pretty... I remember the audition... Uh, I had to do an audition from New York and mail it in because Fellini wasn't sure if I could do creepy in a non-nerd style. If I could do creepy adult... Scary. It is very different role. Different and role. A very
0: different portrayal than you were. So I, in, in I had to do a, uh,
14: an audition in my apartment and record it myself, and I s- showed it to my girlfriend. That doesn't sound creepy
4: at all. No, it that, <laughs> added an element of
14: creep to it, and I showed it to my girlfriend, and she she was like, "Very good job. Never do that again." This is the. S- She's
0: still with you. She is still okay. With good. Me. Well, Thank God. Right, that was all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm cut but, this out later, but I'll do the podcast
4: title: the Creep." <laughs> well, be awesome. Uh, we just made it. All right. About the creep. I like that.
0: Yeah, and uh, some some listeners may. I, this is funny because I was saying to Scott, like when I first saw gamers, that like your commercial roles stood out because you were uh, the guy in the Wendy's. Uh, yeah, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. you were wearing right. the wig. Uh, so it is nice to see you in men's clothing again. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, it's nice well, to be know. in men's clothing. right? Oh, <laughs> kind <Karen> of feels different. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't want to go too deep there. Uh, so, okay, so you do a lot of commercial work. Are you living in New York?
14: Living yeah. in New York now. Uh, moved to New York about a year and a half ago uh, just to, for a change of scene. Uh, wanted to do more stage work, more theater, and... Uh, uh, yeah, and just keep kind of and pursuing things. Am I remembering... You had a stand-up
7: back at one point? Were you
0: not? I did. have
14: a stand-up uh, for about 10 years out here in L.A. And um, after Gamers, I went on to write for uh, the Chelsea Lately show for three years. Oh, okay. And uh, was a writer and producer for that. And then wrote for a couple other pilots as a comedy writer. And then uh, kind of hit a point where uh, both me and my and other decided we kind of missed something else. We were just missing something else. I was missing theater for me personally, and so... And L.A. really is not a theater town. Is it it has it, but here? it's no. not like... We no. went to New York for a visit, and I have got I had two buddies on Broadway, and it was just like... yeah, My mind was blown, and the possibilities. And, and it's been a fantastic move, uh, as it turned out. So yeah. it's been great out in New York. All right, so
0: I'm t- taking students to Broadway in April. Will we see you there? What show should I... Uh, well,
14: to? yeah, who knows if you'll see me. You won't see me on Broadway right now. But uh, uh, I recommend... Uh, Nice work if you can get it, starring my good friend Chris Sullivan. It's in there um, okay, with no, Matthew Broderick. We're not going to that. All right. Not Spider-Man? No, no, I was not Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. No, I know, no, it, I wasn't know, it just
0: keeps hurting me and hurting me. I want to find somebody who enjoyed it so I can you know, justify it somehow.
14: Apparently a lot of tourists really like that one. So, Because uh, it's
0: still going, it's still running. Yeah, they wouldn't let, it? No, they wouldn't let us uh, get, those, get tickets to that. Yeah. So so they refused off. to let you in? Uh, no, I, we haven't gone yet. They just said, you know, in the interest of good taste and for the next generation, no, for God's sake, let us not watch the show. Uh, they don't know who you U2 is, anyway. It's all right. Uh, so, uh, and Kevin, you, know, you, you did not when you got into gamers. You were your original uh, avocation was you, uh, you were video editing, right? Film editing for THQ or uh, yeah, I was in the video department of THQ. Yeah. Okay, so, and, and
2: so how did you get into acting? Are you continuing acting outside of Felino
4: or is it the only thing that uh, you Well, I,
2: I studied acting in college, and I studied um, method acting for a couple of years after that. I went to a school called Joanne Barron, D.W. Brown, and I think they're in Santa Monica. But okay. um, So yeah, I mean, I studied it, and Chris, thankfully, thought I was good at it. And we've known each other a I long time, what? so he yeah. kind of reeled me into you know whatever he's working on. But as you said before, my acting career is tied to his kind of production <laughs> <laughs> so for God's sake
0: people, we need to make more <laughs> movies so that Kevin can, uh, <laughs> and Dave, uh, so <laughs> Dave game.
14: So what is next in the novel for you guys? Uh, for me, uh, I head back to New York after this festival, and um, I'm actually working on producing my own play that I've written. Oh, um, And that's going through the various processes, that is, involving uh, readings and workshops, and and, workshops, Dave, and and hopefully, get, doing some festival work with that. And then uh, in the in the meantime, in between that, is uh, uh, booking more work as an actor. And that's good. good. So, a lot of voiceover work, a lot of commercial work stuff. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, nice. Kevin? Uh, I'm actually also a musician, so I'm more right. focused on that because it's easier to get
15: work playing guitar
2: mm-hmm. in in my own studio than to get work in LA as an actor. <laughs> but, uh, so, actually, the Tom Hyde, the guy who is our sound engineer on Gamers, is producer for me for an album I've been working on for about cool. a year and hopefully it'll be out within a year or two from now depending on his schedule he has a couple of kids so that throws a wrench into the whole project okay so
0: uh, no songs about horses on this one no day. it's
2: actually real music okay great <laughs> good uh,
0: excellent well thank you guys for taking the time thank so you well, yeah. yes, for having us here tonight absolutely awesome. all right it was nice were
3: they good you. thank you well, nice they were
0: Again, I can't, I can't say it enough. I mean, just what a great group of ta- talent. Because I, I just enjoy talking with everybody. Uh, and then, did we talk on air about the uh, about the pirate? About the uh- oh, we didn't. It turns out, but well, that was uh, that was Esteban. We forgot to mention that. Yeah, Esteban was uh, is aside from being scary as heck as a stuntman. Has a lovely singing voice. Oh, really? And up until about two years ago, had spent a decade in Buena Vista, at, at Buena Park, in the Pirates show, the Pirates Apparently restaurant. With,
8: with long, long hair, and now
0: he's a cue ball. He's entirely wow. bald. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, so, And then we got a chance to sit down with uh, a woman who had two movies opening today. When you two. think about it. he So not only was it the world premiere of Sparks, but she's also... Um, Terrifying figure in the poster for the last exorcism. Oh, that's
8: right. Part yes. two.
0: Yes. Uh, Ashley Bell, uh, who sat down with the directors of co-directors of the film, She's Todd like Burroughs a and Christopher. Miniature Foligno.
8: divine little woman. Oh, uh, she's a
0: really like nice, nice lady. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say that, lady? Nice young woman. She's What's better? Is she's a lady. She lady. Lady heavenly. All right. So yes. And then we got the great. Uh, well, let's listen to that interview, uh, Todd Burroughs. Chris Fellino and Ashley Bell.
5: All right. Ashley's all, right. all right. I'm no, I'm here. I'm live. Okay.
0: We are sitting down with the uh, the young actress Lady Heavenly, uh, Ashley Bell from uh, Sparks and the writer director Grant Puba of the Co-director. The whole Shebang. Co-director. Co-director, I'm sorry. You, but you right? dare. But I haven't met him. So to me it's
2: always you. Hold on a second. I'll go get him. Okay. I'll go get him. Chris Fellino. You got to
0: do? No. Keep
5: going. Whatever. Yes. All right. So
0: we'll keep going. So, uh, what drew you to this project?
5: Um, uh, well, you know, I was lucky enough to do the voiceover when uh, Sparks was a graphic novel. Right, okay, okay. And when I heard they were turning it into uh, a feature film, I kind of prayed Chris would remember me. And uh, um, I-, I was really interested in the role of Lady Heavenly because mm-hmm. she's, she's such a kick-ass character. And when he called me to, to play the role... Um, yeah. It really excited me because I mean, Lady Heavenly is such a strong female, and these roles are so, so few and far between. Um, so, you know, to get a chance at, at at playing a superhero like this was something I was very interested in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did you have experience with a kind of action role, like in stage or anything? Did, you know how much training did you have to do? Because oh, yeah. it looks like you are indeed kick ass on that on that screen. Oh, so well,
5: well there's no, when, when, there, there is no stunt
2: double. It's
0: all
5: her. There is no stunt double. When you read in the script that she has one hell of a back kick, you got to be able to do the back kick. Yeah, so um, how
2: did you prep for
0: that? That, yeah. that? That's her
5: trademark. So, Have you waited um, your whole
0: life for a role with a back kick. I mean, that's the question.
5: Right. Um, well, you know, I was. Um, I did a film called The Day, which was post apocalyptic, and in that film, I got a chance to do all my own stunts and learn physicality for that. And for The Last Exorcism Part One, I also did my own stunts for that. So. I've I've been ex- it's been very exciting that I've kind of been able to be in these roles that demand a physicality because I really gravitate towards roles like that. So for Lady Heavenly, um, she's she's small but she has these six person takedowns. So I said to myself How am I going to do that? I know there's going to be movie magic, but what's going to make it look real? So I started researching fighting styles, and I landed on Muay Thai, which is a very lethal kind of fight style. And I showed Chris a couple YouTube clips, and he said, yes, I'm all in. Let me send you to that training. And that was so incredible to get that physicality, get the body type that could pull that physicality off. Learn it that way, so I could do all my own stunts. I could have the stamina to do it 20 times a night, everything like that. And um, yeah, that that Muay Thai training helped help prep me to to play the role and get in that yeah. costume. So. Yeah.
0: And you've kind of grown up in, i say, a voiceover dynasty. Yes. yes. <laughs> so,
5: my, I had the best bedtime stories in the world growing <laughs> yes, up, thanks yes, yes. to my dad. For those
0: who don't know, uh, Ashley's father is Michael Bell, yes. who yeah. uh, to me most directly is like, I uh, work on the Plastic Man show. Plastic so that Man, was one of my favorite growing up. A
5: Transformer, Duke and G.I. Joe. So
0: many things. First,
5: the Smurfs. He's a
2: Smurf. He was in Gamers
0: too. Was... No, I do. Re- we've talked about Gamers to death, my
2: friend. Uh, Did we? I, I, <laughs> we really I, have.
0: Does not show yeah. that? No, we no, have you the box no, you haven't. Uh, no, you yeah, haven't. No. When,
5: when your dad's Duke in GI Joe, you, you've got to. You've got you to you listen. Gotta listen. <laughs> yeah. You got to listen. You got to. You got to. You got to pull your own weight. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. How yeah. was to make that transition though from being the voice of from the voice of a world to live action?
5: Oh, in, I mean, you know, in, in, incredible. And when, when I was interested in acting, my, my dad said to me, if you're going to do it, you need to study it. You need to have longevity. So he,
0: In Duke's voice?
5: It, yeah, he said this all in Duke's <laughs> voice. And I
14: was so much funnier on tape than
0: you are in person. I know.
14: Okay.
5: I was full attention. I was at attention. Um, so, you know... Um, he said, you have to study it. So I went to NYU to study acting, to to have a shot at, at having longevity. And, you know, when, when you're doing voiceovers, it's not just the voice. You really have to get involved physically. And you're bringing huge characters to life. You know, I've done voiceovers where I've played everything from a butterfly to, you know, Alice in Wonderland, where she's... When she's twice her size or ten times her size. And, you know, my dad plays these, everything from a smurf to an ogre. So you're so much is required of you physically to, to bring it all to life, to make it seem real. So um, I've learned from my dad to approach a voiceover in the same way I would approach on camera. You're bringing a character to life, and you've got to be true to whatever character you bring.
0: And, uh, you know, you mentioned you've been in... Uh, of the day and the uh, last exorcism, parts yes. one and two, yes. which also opens today. And here we're here in San Jose for yeah. the world premiere of Sparks. So yes. how is that exciting for you? Have you been to San Jose before? And
5: this is my first time at, in San Jose. It's my first time at CineQuest, and you know, Sparks is an independent film. It, it started out as an independent film to get picked up by a festival like CineQuest it was such a huge moment, and it was it's such a huge moment for Chris and for Todd. Chris did this on his own. He took it from the graphic novel, he turned it into a script, he put it on two legs, he ran with it, he made it happen. To now have it be spot spotlit and recognized at Cinequest is such a big deal and I I I had to be here to support. I had to be. There was there was no no way around it. Um, I did press this morning and I got on a plane and I came here because this is this is important. A film, an independent film like this to get recognized is very important.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And Todd, yes. welcome to the podcast. Uh, we have not met before. So uh, hello, um, Todd uh, is the co-director of the film, yeah. and uh, so. I believe you had a lot to do with all the shooting the action with Ashley.
15: Yeah, not, yes.
5: Right? So you
0: want to talk about that?
5: T- Todd and I were in the trenches. For Todd. Well, first
15: of all, you know, just to tap on the what Ashley just said, uh, "Chris is dry." First of all, we're all here because uh, we caught because the, he has we caught, caught the bug. Yeah, we got because he's black man. He's black man. I know. It was infectious, you know. We, we got yeah. at first everybody thought this guy's crazy, and uh, and as he kept, he believed in this, and we saw this, and I'm going to do this, and we're going to go, and uh, we all caught the bug, I think. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and you know, and I was just flashing back to Ashley's fight scenes, and it wasn't that when we were doing it, she was so authentic about it. Was it wasn't, after a take, we'd run over to the stunt guys and go, Are You okay, buddy? <laughs> you <know? laughs> I was like, we just got we just, this guy gets <laughs> his butt like, <laughs> kicked, you know? And we're like, it's you, it's you're like, like her. I'm a
4: child She's,
15: <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, hydrating and we're like going over to the guy going, You okay, buddy? You know, and he's like, oh, okay, okay, all right. I'll walk it off, you well, know.
0: How did you get hooked up with Chris? Um, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, not to imply that you guys hooked up or anything.
15: But uh, <laughs> sexy
4: set, I know, I know. It
0: is what it is. How we'll much tape you got? I got a lot of story. Polino <laughs> means trollop. It means trollop in Italian. So uh, <laughs> you know, I get
2: to work with Todd in the uh, toy industry. Todd is one oh, of we... the he's a talented, talented man. And um, it was uh, I think our first shoot together was a. Uh, Air so well, that's one good. of
15: our things that we will we'll take a toy and we have to make it interesting. And for kids, they have it's, it's very short... They're the most honest viewers, and they have the shortest attention span. And if we don't capture their imagination or, or capture it on the screen, then we failed at our job. But we've been lucky enough to do oh, loads yeah. and loads of these. No, and don't. through that, we... we uh, I had an association, and Chris invited me on board and said, "You know, we're going to take this project and we're going to do it in this amount of days." And, and so it was—it was—it was a no-brainer. One of the most
2: talented men I know for directing, oh. and <laughs> she's
15: so kind about her story
2: that I was hoping to—we were begging, hoping that she would she would be part of it because what's been so amazing about Ashley and. and, and and, and meeting her so many years ago, um, and then watching, and then having the opportunity to work with her on the motion comic, and just seeing her her, um, her career start, the, the one thing that's always absolutely amazed me is not is she has a fierce loyalty to bringing the character to life. And in every performance that she does, it is the real deal. I mean, you can put her in anything, and the best thing about that movie is going to be Ashley. And it's 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 a it's a it's, it's it's her own dedication and drive to to think about a, a kid honestly who grew up in a, in a family with that much success and to basically define her own self and even with all due respect just get to the point in her career. I mean, the woman's got like I, I can't even count. She's Jamaican. She's got like five movies. She's got. Going on. It's just, it's just, it was just, and that honestly was the reason why it made sense to me. Because when we had Ashley Bell on, on board, even before Clancy and things like that, it was like, you know what? We'll make the movie now. We will. Because you know what? It's, 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 it's just, it's, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was. A, rendered a bet on that. It was. And this is way before we had anybody else on, on board. Right, yeah, and sure. it's interesting.
0: If I can put the focus on you, Chris, I know you'd like to uh,
2: push it off a bit.
0: Is You uh, look handsome today, Derek. What? Yeah, I know. We've been there. Dude, come on. We know where the hotel room is, everything's fine. It's only 97 minute movies. It's all right.
4: right.
0: You know when to duck in and duck out. Uh, I just need to see my five seconds. We know that, all right? Thank you for being gracious enough to leave me in. But... Um, I think when we had worked together, you know, on the graphic novel, one of the things was, you know, we had done Gamers, started the sideshow up, and it was kind of like, Gamers was the movie, that was it, you'd gotten out of your system, and now you've you been working on toy commercials. What made you drive to get back into this? I've got to be the, I've got to fill this.
2: You know, it took a long time after gamers to get anywhere financially. And we were very fortunate enough. And, um, you know, Todd's been a, a, a huge part of, honestly, our success. And, and uh, we, we were able to um, do some kids' commercials, do them right. And what happens a lot of times, I think, creatively in, in any, any part is this has been a story that's been something from like six years that felt never finished or completed and it just in the back of your mind uh, one of the things that always kind of drove me before this is like I would wake up every day and my son Jeremy uh, loved the motion comic book and he, he, he plays it every day He's, he has autism but he plays it every day well, so after- it just was in the back of my mind for yeah, so long that I just remember a, a point where when you do kids commercials which is a wonderful honor and, and we love it but there is a committee that you have to go through, and I remember artistically having a, a, a conversation with Mike Smith from Australia, and, and I was just like, I just gotta do this because I never got to finish it. and. and and that's what happened. The thing has been the perfect storm of so many talented people, from from Todd to, to Ashley, and, and honestly, you know, Michael Belts too. Because it, we we were able to, to sit down with him and get the script to such a point where it got improved so much. And that's it's, it's kind of like having all these wonderful filmmakers together, combined, and and you tackle it. And then it just got even better for post because we have such talented um, graphics guys. And then we got the opportunity to do the music. But everyone along the way believed in it. And that's really what caught on. And it was like, oh, God. And so as you're struggling, we almost five five times during the whole year... Money got so low, like, how's this gonna work out? But we get a call from the dog whisperer, we get a call from this other yeah, toy portion, yeah. so it's just you just believe. In, and the thing is, which is kind of Cinequest is like, you know, believe and kind of achieve. And, oh, absolutely, and, yeah. it, and you know, and that's so so of all the film festivals and stuff like that, too. It, it what's nice about this one for, for us, if compared to anything other, is just um. Is, is how they, they, they embrace the, the true indie film. This is really one of the last true festivals that are that are indie. James. I mean, yeah, in yeah. yeah. Well that's true. Yeah. yeah. So so that's become almost, the who's going to be but, but they're all I mean they're all wonderful festivals in their own right. But the thing is, you know, it's like it's it's much it's, it's a huge honor for us to be a small part of CineQuest. And I mean, it is. And, and tonight's gonna be you yeah, know, tonight tonight may be the best professional night that that uh, I'll, I'll have a lot. I'm fine uh, with that. It's great. It's great. Because six shot.
4: o'clock,
5: there's going to
2: be people gathered up
4: yeah. in weird yeah. costumes. Yeah. It's
5: yeah. like you're Rocky
2: Horror
0: before anybody's yeah. seen the film. I, I would you? love
5: to just say one thing. There are so many people that talk about a screenplay or, or talk about something happening or or say they wish they did something or even bash something. But Chris did it.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. Chris
5: made it happen. Chris got this on its its feet, got it on its feet in twelve days time. An action movie. He did it. He he really actions speak louder than words. And there was no talk with Chris. It was let's do this. Let's make this happen. Let's make this happen over New Year's. And it's yeah, just, it's so yeah, it exciting was, yeah. to see here it is now. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, because it came up with a screen last night, yeah. people asked me. Will you finish the motion comic? Which is such a weird question. Like, the visual of Chris <laughs> is like, "What?" Like I punched him in the nose and went, "Yes!" Again and again and again. No, because we remember there was a guy show up and said he had from years ago had never been in that show. You know, in all in
2: all honesty, the the opportunity to do the comic book but not be able to finish it. Then you do the motion comic books so many years ago and it didn't catch on. At least Sparks right. didn't catch on. And then it's kinda like the movie feels like we tried to make them all completely different. Yeah. I mean if we did anything, we we finally figured out the the sleeple, you know, idea yeah. for sparks like that. And we're we're that lucky, but in all honesty we we you know tonight's really truly strange and independent because we haven't met with a distributor we haven't got a film agent we've been waiting until for this premiere to enjoy it yeah know? and so so any other projects I, I can't I can't honestly we would love to do more films with all the wonderful people that we know but the truth of the matter is you know this is. Uh, out of our hands at this point you know and so all we can do is we the, the, what happens to that is the very best that that yeah. that we could, could possibly do and, and that's yeah. something that it's 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 extremely fulfilling and it's it's uh, it's just something I you know yeah. well let's enjoy it yeah There's just a couple hours away that's right that's thank right. you so okay. much okay, for cool. sharing thank it thank with Fanboy Planet
0: thank you guys thank too. you great let's get to
5: thank you so much thank you much thanks oh.
0: I like how, I hope this isn't being picked up because I don't want to pay ASCAP, but we're like, we're doing this uh, uh, over one of my favorite David Bowie songs. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, our last interview right for the evening there was uh, we sat down with three of the leads uh, Chase Williamson, the star of John Dies to the End and Sparks, total up and comer, awesome. Uh, we got Jake Busey, uh, and really charming guy. You know, I'd been on the set with him, but I did not get a chance to really talk to him that night. And, uh, he and dresses
8: a, up well too. He does. He looks. And
0: and then it's uh, like a
8: blonde Tony Stark.
0: And then a guy that I'm. You know, I'm just so I so, I'm just amazed that he actually knows my name. It's a, you know cause it's just a childhood hero, William Cat. it's just amazing down. You're look.
7: amazed that he knows your name.
0: I am. Not sometimes. Sometimes I just go. He has to pinch himself occasionally.
7: <laughs> I do. Come on. It's it's Catt, Cat man. I understand, but I would hope he remembers your name.
0: I know because we've worked together, and exactly. hopefully we will again. So awesome, guys! So let's listen to that conversation. Need,
4: uh, test voices. You're going. All right,
0: now we're sitting down with uh, a trio of heroism or, you know, literate. we've got uh, so we've got William Cat, who's uh, playing a rare, out of, out of character villainous role as Dr. Matanza. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> How did you throw that mustache without moving your hand? That's great. Uh, uh, The young man playing Ian Sparks. Chase Williamson. And uh, playing, I think the movie dropped the from it. Sledge. I, I don't know. I, it's just Sledge. It's just Sledge. Yeah, yeah okay. it says the Sledge in the graphic novel, but that was too much for people, right? right. So yeah. yes, uh, Jake Busey. So yeah. really, really pleased to have you down here. You hey, know, thank you at uh, Cafe Stretch. I got to keep name checking this place because after this podcast, because people want to come here and drink. This is where the stars are or were. So uh, it's a cool
16: place. I dig it.
0: Yeah, oh, this the soft opening. It's you just reopened. Cool. has been for three days
16: now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, if you're listening, yeah, it's come it's, down here. Yeah, it's it's awesome. awesome. It is great. It's phenomenal. Yeah. They're going to have
0: jazz, all kinds yeah. of cool stuff. So, uh, I don't know where to turn to first, except uh, let's uh, say uh, Bill has had this the longest association with Sparks. Yes. So, if you want to talk about this. I was this.
11: 30 years old when this started. <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: in line to play a young Ian Sparks yes, himself. Yes, uh go.
11: It was actually, yes. So,
0: um, yeah, you know, it was based on the graphic novel that we, we all kind of worked on, put our sweat, blood, sweat, and tears into years ago. Yeah. And uh, at what point did you sort of realize, oh, my God, Chris is going to pull this movie off? Uh,
7: yesterday.
11: Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I guess we're all good. We're at
0: this comic store, and we're signing the actual graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. Is that
11: it? No, yeah. No, no, no. Well, I know he, he had the, uh, I knew that Chris is somebody that had the, uh, the drive and the stamina to pull it off, and uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled that we're here. You know, yeah. it's, it's not been easy, but uh, in, in fact, I should say at times it's been daunting, uh, but uh, he, everybody, it seemed to come together. It was kind of kismet to get it to this point.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, originally, I know
11: we that uh, it had been designed for for Archer to be a role that you... That I was going to play Archer originally, and then when we were able to get Clancy Brown and the rest of the wonderful cast that we have, uh, and, and, and Chase came in, and Jake came in, and Clint Howard came in, and I just kind of, I kept getting pushed to the back. <laughs> you know? and, uh, uh, physically, did, did, did Chase push you? He
13: did. Yeah. He really did around. Yeah. Yeah. Push Bill Cat around. That's oh, the last yeah. thing I want to do. Yeah.
16: When I hear the, the name Matanza, I, I, I think of a blonde haired white guy. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's it. it.
11: Yeah. yeah, and it is not a I mean But it's a great it's a great it's uh it's, it's it's not an enormous role, but it's uh, something it's that memorable. It's, it's
0: memorable, memorable as all with yeah. the
13: goggles on it's a little ethnically ambiguous. There you go. But it but
0: it is scary and it is kinda out of character for you to be Did you Did you
11: get because that's what I was playing—that he's transgender. That's what. Do you get that <laughs> now? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> was, I mean, I, I've gotten that vibe. With but, no disrespect. It, right, no, it,
0: was the wardrobe, it was just something I had
11: never played before. In, uh, oh, okay. And you got the—your son was also in the. My absolute Emerson. My uh, my second son Emerson, who bears a strong resemblance to me at that age. He plays—he uh, yeah. plays me younger. Right. So in the first part of the film, he did a nice job. He's a dead yeah, ringer. Right. Yeah. 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 So Emerson didn't come.
0: To, uh, no, to he to couldn't this, come. Uh, He's working so, but, today. But great guy. Great. He working on a
16: ranch or, with horses. He works with horses. He's, He's a, a farrier. That's yeah. amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's such a cool thing to see the you know the nepotistic reality you come to life in, in such a positive, good yeah way where it's you know um, I think getting. It's got to be a, a tremendous experience to work with your son. I mean, I'm sure for him, well, look, it, it had to be daunting for him because there's, there's some serious shoes to step into. There you go. And follow. Nice segue
11: you know, into uh, horseshoes uh-huh. and horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say the high heels for your kids. Oh, there you role, go. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> they were a little—they pinched. Well, you should uh, be talking. You work. I remember you worked with with uh, with your dad uh, work, many, many, many
16: years ago. Many. Well, the first thing that I ever did was because of him. It was uh, they, my dad was had a small role in Dustin Hoffman's Pet Project and uh, and they said you know it'd be interesting if your character had a kid because we want him to be kind of we want to, we want to be upset when when Dustin shits you in the gut and, and you know in cold blood real quick after dinner and so so um, they screened you know it was still the old days of at least the way they did things was like the old studio went, and there was a screen test I haven't heard that word since I was five years old and did this but there was this You know, they they set this whole thing up and it was like they were really filming the the movie and I was five. And uh, so, you know, my dad... They they said for me to hit my dad in the the face. You know, when, when you hear Kathy Bates say whatever line of dialogue it is, or show me your muscle, and then... Dustin says a And yeah, okay, hit your just just haul off and smack him. And I was too scared, I was five. I was like, no, I am not gonna hit my dad. At 47 I'd be scared to hit your dad. And,
4: <laughs>
16: and and then he said, Oh no, don't worry about it. It's all good. It's a movie, it's pretend, you can go ahead, you can hit me, you're not gonna get in trouble. And this was a long conversation. You sure? No, I'm positive. Are you sure? No, I'm pausing. So here it comes, we're shooting the thing and then doing the scenes, moving along. My cue comes up. Do the make the muscle move and then they, they say the line and BAM! Smack! Just hit him in the cheek. And he grabbed me and he threw me against the wall and he started shaking me. Oh my god, I turned red and, you know, freaked out. Right. And, um, and that was my first lesson into uh, into the Meisner. <laughs> yeah. well thank you we didn't talk about it in the class today yeah. uh, no Meisner's
0: here you are the man alright um, is that the moment you knew you wanted to be an actor no I, my dad
16: <laughs> no. my dad <laughs> no, no. He, he quotes me all the time apparently there was a couple of quotes that he loved that I that I said when I was five and one of them was he, he Dustin asked me what I thought about acting and Dustin being you know Yeah. Foodie. And I, I said I said well I think it's stupid I said why what why do you think it's stupid I said well because you pretend but you play like you're not pretending ridiculous and that was my big quote on acting at five yeah. and uh, my dad still 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 talks about that and, and when asked what I would rather be doing I said I'd rather be drawing pictures of trucks <laughs> so uh, I'd rather be drawing pictures <laughs> so yeah so I actually didn't start pursuing the, the career of acting uh, let's talk about how did now how did you get
13: involved in this chase yeah in this movie yeah um well Ashley Ashley Bell and I had the same representation so she got cast and then Chris asked our our manager if they had any suggestions so they sent over this trailer for John Dies at the End which is uh, another movie I was in my first movie and he liked it so I came in and met with him the day after Thanksgiving and um Met Bill and Michael Bell, and I uh, offered me the opportunity to do it, and I went home and threw away all of my Thanksgiving leftovers and started working. Yeah, out. Right. I lost about thirty five pounds. <laughs> I know. I know. You, <laughs>
0: you're about, it's like hard to picture that. You saying, yeah. you know, chunky Chase. No, I, yeah. know, I, didn't, I didn't. Well, I, I was frat boy Chase. Yeah. Oh, you know, frat, boy chase. Yeah. You know,
13: frat boy Chase. Like Sorry. a lot of a lot of beer, a lot of not moving, yeah. <laughs> just sitting around.
4: All right. okay. That's okay, a lot of training is great yeah, yeah. As he uh, grabs the glass, <laughs> how, how did you get involved, Jake?
16: I got involved in a very special way um, There are a few times in your life when uh, something as meaningful comes around full circle Someone I had known since I was about six years old And I considered to be like an uncle and who was a family friend and uh, someone who I respect very much, and, and respect the talent, and the kind soul, and everything about, called me and said, I'm doing this movie, you want to be a part of it. And it was Billy Cat. Cool. Me? Holy crap. I me? Was waiting for the. I was waiting for the Someone line. respects me. <laughs>
11: <laughs> oh, my God. I respect you, yes, sir. I got I to gotta play this for my kids, who yeah. just
0: uh, have no respect for me at all. We will, we will totally all. take this audio out yeah. and give it to you. So it's like, no, no seriously. Oh, no, I, I didn't think you, Chris did. was a so family Your own you
16: aren't supposed to respect you at all. Yeah? No, my dad's a jacket. <laughs> we, we actually
11: got to work in another film briefly, yeah. uh, on the Paranormal movie that uh, that Kevin yeah. Farley directed not too long ago. What was yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, it was a, a spoof that we did with uh, Tom Sizemore and Eric oh, Roberts. Yeah, which one is, was it? I've lost
0: track. Cause there's, like, there's been like three or four parodies. It's another one April. of these parodies. So yeah, we said, what's and this one even, called? This
16: one is not out yeah. yet. Yeah, it's still in the okay, can. So hopefully, it's the it'll be one. out in April. What, but what it'll is it called? It's called... Paranormal I think the Paranormal Movie, movie yeah. yeah. The Paranormal oh,
0: Movie. Oh, I've yeah. read about that. that. Okay, I okay cool. Mentioned. you after that. I, yeah.
16: yeah. That's, that's, that's great. Kevin Farley, you know, he's hilarious. He's funny. He's, yeah. He's, funny. he's Chris's yeah. younger brother. Yes.
0: I actually I met
16: him years ago. I think he's I he's done a lot of stand-up, has he been in Second no. City for us. He's a really guy. good
11: friends with Andy Dick and all those yeah, guys, yeah. you know?
16: Yeah, he's one of those guys. You know, and we've talked a lot about the family relation and having someone in the family who's... Recognizable, either more or less than you, or d- depending on what uh, comes out of it. And um, at the time, and you know, what's really interesting is he—he was—we were talking. A lot of the things that Chris Farley was known for, and a lot of the humor that were his sort of branded jokes, were actually just Farley family isms. That in fact, some of them, a lot of them, were Kevin's.
4: Yeah. And
16: and so there's a weird thing when. People come up and they ask Kevin, "Hey, do the fat guy in a little coat thing?" And it's like, man, you know, my brother's dead, and and, and that's you know, that was my bit anyway. And it's a strange, it's a yeah. strange thing, you know. And people come up to me all the time, and they're like, "Hey, man, you're Gary Busey's kid," and so you're sort of searching for this identity of you know yourself. So it's a stop being related to someone famous, but it's nice when you get to have an experience where somebody that my dad worked with with good friends for many years and yeah. who have these wonderful memories of being a kid with I get to work with yeah. it's, it's really yeah. really neat it's, it's great when you can like, yeah
11: and you'll give, you'll pay, Walmart, you'll you'll pay the same Something thing back me. down to somebody else, and and Chase, uh, you, you will too later on down the line. I hope so. Yeah, you know, we're
0: all sitting at the saying we expect great things out of a young man. Oh, yeah. thank yeah, you.
16: Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, yeah. Do? that I'm, doesn't well, mean after your next uh, your plugging next away. Season. Yeah, I know,
0: but I mean this is the thing. So John dies at the end, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I don't, I don't want to belabor it on, it on here because we are here for Sparks. Sure. But what I want to compare is the experience of it, these two independent films, both in very distinctive genres. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to talk about the, the, the difference because uh, we, we talked about earlier in my last day. Yeah. John, was a lot of in-camera in stuff. There's a lot of green screen and CG in this. And so yeah. So I want to talk about some of the
4: differences there. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, John... D- uh,
13: sure. John dies. I was straight out of college like a couple weeks out of college so I was ready to go but also didn't know anything about the way a set worked or any of um, how how it flowed or any anything about acting on film really at all but the role was very much like it seemed tailor made for me like very much in my comfort zone like I didn't I just got it really easily. This, it was definitely more of a challenge because it was out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways, just with all the physical work I was having to do and, yeah. and um, you know, a lot of the darker aspects of it. I mean, it was just a much bigger challenge and more... Uh, I don't know. It, it was... Uh, yeah, I, I think <laughs> that's the big difference for me. And it was shorter. John Dies was filmed over, like, six months and this was filmed in 12 days. And I prepared like mad for this and for John Dyes. It just sort of jumped in. And uh, But the similarity is that I got to work with amazing people on both movies. I got to work with these guys. And Clancy, I got to work with on both, which is amazing. I got to work oh, yeah, that's true. Paul yeah. Giamatti
0: in the first one. And then
13: Giamatti. These guys. He's that guy. So, I you know. a,
0: so you had a little comfort of Clancy carryover. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, Clancy,
13: but... Clancy made me feel so at ease. On this thing, you just made me feel so comfortable. And it we have really...
16: worked with Classy Brown twice. <clears throat> yeah,
13: we're, we're, twins! we're twins! We're twins We're twins. We both auditioned for Transformers. both just yesterday. We both, j- we just just yesterday. Yeah. We both have right. blondish hair. Extremely
16: sexy. Yeah.
0: Right. I didn't want to bring that one up. It's <laughs> an audio cast. It's hard. I don't want to talk the whole things. Yeah, so um, um,
13: there's the same level of excitement and enthusiasm. It was just... It was a lot different in in certain ways. you excited
0: to attend a World
13: Premiere tonight? Very excited. I haven't seen it. You really haven't seen it? No,
16: I haven't.
13: I mean I saw it I think maybe like six months ago. Like a rough cut. Okay. But I I haven't seen all the tweakage. You haven't seen it either. I haven't seen it either. Exciting. All
16: right. So I didn't think I did ADR. Did I do ADR? I did. I did a minute. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and I just want to get it on, on air, because you mentioned earlier, off air, that uh, you do a lot of imp- improv and sketch. Yes. So I want to point people to that. Oh, I know we oh, thanks. have a lot of listeners in L.A. Oh, cool. And because and I do improv, there are a lot of people that are improv people that are listening and would like to hear. You know? Oh, thanks. So, where are you? Who are you with? You I'm know? with a group called
13: Bowling for Tiffany. Um, it's a bunch of the people that I did the USC improv sketch comedy group with at, uh, in college and uh, we perform at all over LA really we do a little bit of UCB every now and then mostly Iowa West but we've been performing at a new theater called the Let Live Theater which is on Santa Monica and Formosa um, okay. and usually, <laughs> usually, usually we've been doing, <laughs> we're doing mostly sketch we did, we did an improv show at Second City um, like two days ago so we're trying to do more more improv things now but we've been doing sketch for three four years and okay sort of a monthly thing, you know, we all, right. all write and then put a set list together and workshop it and then throw it
0: away and great. come up with well, a new thing. I hope the next time we're in LA we get a chance to catch
13: you. Well, thanks, so, thanks. Yeah, let me great. know.
0: Okay, so guys, I know you're, you're busy and trying to get calmed down for this for the important so probably need to eat. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. You're not thank shaking? You? No, Jake's not shaking. No. Okay. <laughs> great conversations, and so... Uh, Sparks uh, here at Civic West, and you guys, you know, I can't speak fairly to it because I am close to it. But you can guys talk about it. You, you said I enjoyed it tremendously. I've never
8: seen a uh, superhero movie that came close to it. I think the elements of Darkman, maybe, but um, but the idea that uh, the noir superhero works, and I think what you have to do is you have to you have to take it in that vein that your hero is going to be a noir hero.
0: Yeah, you know, and, it's not and I think people have to accept. Which I think the audience tonight really did. Yes. And I was thinking, if I was tracking this arc, it's like Sparks just keeps wanting to do the right thing, but keeps making the wrong decisions.
8: Yeah, you had. I, I'm reading. I'm reading. Uh, it's now the last days of before Watchmen, right? Yeah. And so it was resonating on that level with me on a, on a number of the different stories, um, but. You know, just an amazing, amazingly produced film. The special uh, yes. effects were absolutely first class. The acting was absolutely first class. Uh, I can't wait. I, I want to see how I can... I, I'm hoping this is going to get distributed or At least, uh, I will. I
0: think we'll be one of the first to know when it happens. I mean, you know, it is a truly independent film, and that is waiting to see. Because I think we're getting the
8: audience all excited about a film, and they're gonna be saying, I think honestly,
0: there's a a bidding war that's gonna happen. You know, who knows? There are a lot of distribution companies. We'll we'll see. I I hope soon. It it goes, plays next in a week and a half at the Omaha Film Festival in Nebraska, Um, and then at Chicago. If I got this right and if, I, if I've got it wrong I apologize Chicago Film Critics Festival so it's an invitation only and uh, Chris Polino, the director told me one of the reasons was which I totally agree with is that this critic saw it and loved um, Bill Cats' villain turn uh-huh. That this is a rare role as a villain, as we talked about in the you know in the interview, right. that you know it's like we don't see him scary. He's always a hero, and he's just so he's, he's the
7: greatest American hero. And he is and and here. He's a, cold, he's, a, he's
0: a scary, scary villain. Now so, the other thing though that people can do is now get the graphic novel. The graphic novel
8: available on Amazon. On Amazon, I've on our link, verified got myself
7: Last night. Okay. Yeah. Quick so, question about was the young. Bill Cat character, Bill Cat's son. Yes,
0: awesome. that's his son, who is not an actor, but certainly has charisma. Uh, I actually, the day I was on the set was what was his son's day on the set, so we uh, we hung out and talked a lot. And he's a farrier. He's a professional horseshoer, blacksmith assistant, and that's which is.
7: I don't even know he still had that. Which was
0: exactly what I told him. Because <laughs> he makes a really good living, and he's really happy doing it, and he loves, like you know. Go, like he shoot, um for the Olympics, uh, wow. or at least one of the Olympics trainers, and so you know he's like he's a great, great player, and he came out as a favor because they needed you know somebody who looked like Bill Cat, younger. Odd enough, so, and oddly enough, I happen to have this son right here, you know, um, same yeah. genetic material. Oh man, so yeah, just a great family, great people, and uh, you know, and then it was great because then they, he and Bill sat around talking about Barbara Hale. Bill's mom, who was on Perry Mason. And so it was just wow. fun, to just like, you know, great memories. And I love that. So did he, he
8: knows what it was like to be on the Perry Mason set while they were shooting all that? Is he, did he go away?
0: Yeah, but he was also in, they revived it, and he played uh, uh, William Hopper's character's son. And there was a series wow. of Perry Mason mysteries in the eight, late 80s and wow. early 90s that, um, so that Bill was on. So he got to share, and I, years ago, asked him, like who is his favorite leading lady? So I got to be with my mom. What could be better than to be in a series with your, you know, with the person who taught you? I can think of a couple of people. You are so cold. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, this is two ninety nine. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. This is two ninety nine. We're getting ready for three hundred. Um, we'll be updating. I, did we settle on that? We are going for this date. Yes. We're, we're going to record. Uh, we'll watch the Facebook page, the Twitter and- feed. And, and the family plan is This is an open time.
8: invitation to you, the listener, because who can we, make it
0: or in the Bay Area or can
8: make it to the Bay Area. Oh my gosh, if somebody
0: comes from out of the Bay Area, I'll be
7: totally be stunned. I'm so impressed. What's but, the guy's name in London? Oh shoot. Book of Flight. A book of Flight. <laughs> uh, Mr. Book
0: of Flight? Yes, yes. Dennis St. John Book of Flight. Uh, so, uh, no, uh, we're going to be at Seven Stars Bar and Grill. Uh, which is a fantastic, fantastic Star Wars-themed bar and grill. Baskin in Avenue near Baskin. Stephen's Creek. If yeah. I'm
7: not mistaken, it's 398 South Baskin. You know that. Okay, 398 South Baskin. Correct.
0: All right, excellent. Um, we're not quite sure what time we're going to start recording, but we wanted to make it a party. 300 is amazing. You, uh, you don't have to come dressed like a Spartan. In fact, <laughs> But that would be a plus. Uh, that, uh, again, like Spandex, it's a privilege. It might not be a right. Okay? <laughs> Uh, I promise I will not. So, uh, anyway. They have uh, delicious food. Yeah, they do. Oh, my God. The linguiça corn dogs. And what did you tell? Ta-
7: Paul told me last night. A linguiça sandwich. A linguiça with sandwich with grilled onions. onions oh, and okay. mustard and ketchup. And I actually a I went a delicious fresh French roll.
0: I went there a couple of weekends ago, and the Star oh. Wars memorabilia is Oh, it's great. I love that place. I yeah. love that place. And I want to give... Paul props because the you know he's also one of the guys who bought the Greatest American Hero comic book. So, God, I love him. He is my favorite <laughs> listener. Um, <laughs> so, all you other listeners are his favorite too. Uh, yeah, it's true. Brian Kent, I love you. But, like Brian was saying, like, where do I find it? And I'm like, like eBay. That's all I can tell you.
7: There was a listener at the screening.
0: Yeah, and so uh, Brian Shimada was in the screening. So excellent. I love you. So if you are if you are listening, you can listen to us on iTunes, of course. Rate us. Tell your friends. Uh, subscribe. Check us out on the Stitcher app. Find us at www.fanboyplanet.com.
8: Come and be part of the audience of the 300th episode.
0: Yeah, you don't have to buy a stream, but you can kick in on the, on the uh, PayPal app if you like. Or buy Sparks, because we are one of the places. We can, you can get the Amazon link directly from Fanboyplanet.com. And why not? Uh, so, hey, thanks for tuning in this week. I can't believe we're on. We're coming on 300 episodes. It's awesome. It's Thank amazing. you for being with us. I'm Derek McCaw. I am Nate Costa, and I'll see you at episode
8: 300! And I'm Rick Bretzheimer, reminding you to... Use, use your powers, powers only for good! good.